on page Nun Gimel. Page Nun Gimel. We're working our way to a... So what we thought would be an unpleasant topic, and it certainly began in a, in a very strong way. The subject of the subject of the end of life, the 120, and how that, and how remembering that and thinking of that, not only, not only does not have to be the cause of sadness, chas or depression, God forbid, but adraba, the hisboniness of a person, that thinking of a person. Who, who understands that this world is not the tachlis, and that it's just the opposite. All of the agnes nefesh, all of the anxiety and despair, comes as a result of a person holding on so tightly to everything in this world, and forgetting the tachlis, that that it's just the opposite. That this is going this in the right way, what he's learning here, this type of a hisbaninus, there could be a tremendous, tremendous simcha. A simcha that a person could never experience as a result of a chibur, of, a, of being overly connected and attached and dependent upon the circumstances of this world of life. So on page Nun Gimel, we give some very simple and clear examples to help us think in a healthy and a normal way. On page Nun Gimel, it says, Lufnei Tkufa Kiyadua, where he says, Nitein Dugmaus, Chol Echad Yachiv, Sadran Lufum Sechladilai. That means I'm going to give some examples, and each person will expand upon these according to his own cycle and his own experiences, just examples of, of, how, to, of how to think. Well, the person realizes that to, to come to a recognition that letting go of things of this world is not something to cause sadness or, dis, or depression, to feel, I can't believe that I'm making these sacrifices and so on, I'm giving up. But that's the normal, normally that's a very, very great obstacle in front of our Avaidus Hashem. We feel that in order to be Avda Hashem, we have to give up, we have to give up. And even if we make sacrifices, we feel that we're making great sacrifices. But I said when I came in, the first thing I said was Masir Snafish. When I came out, it's it's icy, it's uncomfortable, it's cold. It's not a, it's not a nice night to to leave to leave a, a warm house. From the perspective of of Eilam Hazah, it's Masir Snafish. It's true, and and all of us uh, all of us should get like a little thing in the fridge, you know, a little little star on the fridge. It's but the Amis Bamis in Pnimius, Pnimius. What, what did we give up? We're learning Taras Hashem. Right? We're learning Taras Hashem. It's not Mesiris Nefesh. It only looks like Mesiris Nefesh because of our because of our attachment to a nice, cozy, warm house on a cold night. But from the from the perspective of Pneumius, to learn Taras Hashem, to open up a Sefer, to sit together and to learn Taras Hashem, it's not Mesiris Nefesh. We're not giving up anything. It's not Mesiris Nefesh. But that doesn't take away our avoid the mysterious nefesh because we feel that it's mysterious nefesh. Not that this is not a major example of mysterious nefesh, but to some degree, especially our queen's satkanias, 
That certainly is Mesiris Nefesh, right? It's, uh, it's hard. It's hard and schlepping and coming and going. And so it's easier to stay put and to open up. You could open up and look in a, a nice safer. But the Avoida is an Avoida from the perspective of this world of making sacrifices and giving up and giving in. And Panemius is not true. And that's one of the reasons why we often suffer, because we, we feel that we're constantly being asked to give up and to give in for the sake of Yiddishkeit. When we understand the truth, it's not it's not vitor at all, not vata at all. So he gives some examples. These are this is a, these are the concerns of a person who's living in Eretz obviously, but we could certainly share his concern. Lifnit kufa nofal ulam Perhaps you remember. I don't remember the name of the catering hall, but you, you remember there was a tragedy a few years ago, where, a horrible, horrible tragedy. Where it was the night of a chasna. Where was that? Uh, it was unusual. Huh? It was in Yerushalayim, and the whole place collapsed. You know, the pictures, terrible things. The, the Balisimcha fell in. It, was a, it's, it must be already five, six, I don't remember. But it was a, you know what I'm talking about, right? It was a terrible maizah. Havan the Tzayelat's main. So Rav Schwartz says, let's imagine. Let's say two weeks before the collapse of the hall. Hayimagi Elena Adam. If somebody would have come to any of us two weeks before the collapse of the hall, the owner, the ill-fortuned owner, maybe he's in jail now. I know that it was a, he was in trouble because things were not things were not being done properly over there. So imagine that two weeks before that meisah, everything is fine. It's a profit, it's a profit-making venture, and he comes to offer you, any of us, he comes with a deal to buy this place. Sholem also, but Kamu writes a lumkasa. Kavi's question is, what are you selling it for? This was, this was supposedly a fancy place. Vuhuayna esrim shekel. So it's like somebody, imagine over here, someone comes in to sell you the, you know, the Marina del Rey or a terrace on the park, whatever, one of these places, for, for $20. For 20 shekels, less than $20. Right? For, for $5. Sell, come to sell you Marina del Rey for $5. Shalom also, are you crazy? What are you talking about? How could you sell a, a, a catering hall for 20 shekel? So the guy, imagine a guy two weeks before the Maisa, the guy says, I know the truth. It was told to me from Shemaim, whatever, I had a dream. That in two weeks, this hall is going to collapse. They uh, told me from Shemaim, I had a dream. Now, let's say this really wasn't a dream. Let's say there was a Navi. Let's say he really, you know, it was a, he was told in advance about, let's say, a bit Sadik said such a thing, or a Navi said such a thing. So then nobody would, would even pay 20 shekel. People wouldn't pay 20 shekel. Because, because it's not worth 20 shekel. Other you can get all kinds of lawsuits and problems and sorrows. And that guy lost millions of dollars and they went to jail and so on. But let's say another situation. The guy came to sell you the hall for 20 shekel. And he didn't tell you that it only has two weeks left. 
He didn't tell you that. He left that out. Balfantivi, who I am Union Hashkia. Any one of us would certainly have invested twenty shekel into such a place. Lama why? Kihu Khoshev Shahulam Smachos, Shavaharbe me Avilashum Poza Shalasum Shekel. Because everyone always knows that a fancy wedding hall is worth much more than a, than a, than a little 20 shekels. worth much, much more. Next page. The Khan over here, Yisoyed HaTavs. Now it takes an interesting turn. He says, this is the basis of our entire mistake. So we make that chilek. If the place is doomed, so let's say it's not a Novi. Let's say uh, he told you on the side that an architect's report showed that it only, you know, so nobody would buy it. If the architect's report showed that it's going to collapse, you wouldn't buy it. On the other hand, if everything was fine, and you thought it's a perfectly good hall, any one of us would jump at the opportunity to buy it. So that's the side of the toast. So, so far it sounds perfectly r- rational. It's not. Just like just like you said five minutes ago, that it's mysterious nefesh to, come, to go out in the snow to hear, to hear some tyrant. It's also a mistake. What's the side of toast? The truth is, even even if they didn't ask you for twenty shekel, shekel. Somebody came and offered you or me twenty thousand shekel to buy a perfectly good a perfectly good hall. Not that we'd have to pay. Some say, you know what? I, I have this hall. I'll pay you twenty thousand dollars if you take it off my hands. Even then, you don't necessarily have to do to agree to such a thing. Why not? Who knows how many tirdas, how many complications and problems and worries are involved in running and taking care of such a of such a, a big place. Who knows how much is involved? How's it going to change your life? How's it going to affect your life? Of course, we'll think I'll just buy it and turn it over right away to somebody else for, for twenty million. But that's let's say that's not that's not a choice you know, to, to sell it afterwards. It's not a choice. It means that you have to take care of the place. He says not even if they would offer you twenty thousand shekel. What's he talking about? He's obviously not much of a businessman. So what is he talking about? The nature of a person is to obviously look immediately and to and to see how much money I'm profiting. I'm getting twenty thousand shekel plus I'm getting a, a, a ten million dollar place. And and from the perspective of this world, you can't do better than that. I mean, it's a great deal. I didn't have to. I didn't have to do anything. The guy gave me the haul. He paid me also money. And now I have this. I have this fabulous profit-making, money-making business. So, so when you look at it purely from a financial point, from a practical financial point, this is this you you, you, felt, you, you came up into a gold mine. Namish, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But but he's saying that that's really only looking at it from the outside. Anybody who's been married to or been the daughter. Of a man whose life is in business, whose whole life is in business, not because there's not enough to eat, but because he's looking for this kind of deal. This kind of a deal knows that 
that he's made a tremendous, tremendous sacrifice in life by giving up by giving up years with his wife and years with his children and years in learning and years in davening for money. Which again, anybody in the world that here is talking this way would say they were totally crazy. What do you mean? This is a great opportunity. Of course, after the guy would get this haul, he'd have to he'd have to take care of it. So he says, We just look at things. We just look at things from the from the perspective of of this world and the money. Then come instead of looking at the true Nakuda, at the real Nakuda. I'm selling my soul for this business. I'm giving up my soul. Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of money. Kevin Kelly is paying me twenty thousand shekel, and I'm going to have who knows how many how many uh, uh, weddings and bar mitzvahs I'm going to make this year and over the years I'm going to make a, a wealth of money. And from that and from that way of looking at things, sure, it's a great deal. But the price that I'm really paying was this guy until now was let's say he was learning learning a couple of hours a day and he had a low paying job and they were making you know barely they're making they were making ends meet let's say Bakoshi they're making ends meet and he had his apartment and he had his and he had his family he was making ends meet but he had his soul he wasn't he wasn't up at night worrying about a million different things and and he didn't have to he didn't have to day and night uh, take care and be involved and so on and he mishalom al ha'ulam is unofficially do you meet a person who's 120 who says that the best thing I ever did with my life is that I spent you know that I spent 85 years with my business I had nothing to do with my children or grandchildren or very little I never heard a person say that it was the best thing he ever did in my life. But but you hear a lot of people saying, I wasted I wasted a lot of years, I wasted a lot of time. What do you mean, what do you, mean you wasted? You made a lot of money and you you did all these good things and you paid for that and you bought that and you gave stock all I mean nobody regrets of course that stock not. But anything else. I mean Shalom Allah is an is an I have to pay with my soul. You can't have a business like that and not invest tremendous kaychas and nefesh. Kaychas and nefesh. my my mind, my brain. You have to put your brain into that to make it work. Esalayvesasman, my brain, my heart, my time. And what am I getting for all of this? Something that's totally worthless. Millions of dollars. Totally worthless. It's, it's, them is worthless. The davish ain't a shove The kesef has no them is no value, which is money. Zeroh ma'bat atzeruf sheita adam tzarich luchias. This is the pure, the pure hashkafa, the pure way, way of thinking that a person must learn to live with. And what the truth is. If a person establishes for himself one tachlis in life, tachlis achas b'chayim, 
He lives with the Tachlis that we've been learning about through both Svarim. The Tachlis which the Amchal comes back to every page. The Tachlis of Dveikas Basham. The Tachlis of Why Was I Created? If a person establishes that as the Tachlis of his life, and therefore everything that comes along in his life, he measures according to that standard of his life, the standard of Dveikas Basham. The standard of Hashem. This decision that I'm going to make now, this person that I'm going to marry, this place that I'm going to live, this shul that I'm going to go to, the profession, my career, everything. To what degree does this decision facilitate more Kirvas Hashem? To what degree does it enable me to 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 experience more kivas Hashem, and to what degree does this can this potentially detract from kivas Hashem? A person who lives with that mashal. So if kivas Hashem is the focal point of one's life, then it could very well be that the that the little couple living somewhere in in Sanhedria, in a in a, in a one bedroom apartment that already paid off that apartment you know, 35 years ago is doing better than us with the houses that, that with the thousands of dollars of mortgage every month and all of the daigas and everything else even though we all feel bad and when we pass by we're like, and, uh, and, and, and you know it's that they have to live this way and have a little kerosene heater in the winter like the Israelis you know uh, in Yushalayim, a lot of them still have those old kerosene heaters, and we have digital things that we don't even know how to work, right? But they have all they ha- they just have a kerosene. Because I remember when we lived in HSL when I was a kid, we were one of the only ones that had an electronic, like this thing that actually like this central heat thing. In those days, it was very unusual. My relatives, and I'm thinking specifically about my relatives in Sanhedria, with that little kerosene thing. And the life that they, they led a life around like two little rooms. I never met happier people in my entire life. And I was and, and I spent a lot of time there when I when I was a Bach in Yeshiva. I used to go there for Shabbos a lot, very close. My Khani is named after my this cousin, Khan Rivka. She was a big Sadekis. And I think back, I never met such happy people in my life. But when I first went there, my feeling when I walked into the place it was, Oh my goodness, this is so depressing. This is the most depressing thing, uh, place I've ever been in my life. I never met such happy people in my life. So, it's not a matter of giving up. It's a question of what is it that you want. If you want Kirvis Hashem, the Amis, if you want Kirvis Hashem, and you measure everything in your life, it's not anti-Gashmist. It's not anti-Gashmist. It's not. That's not the point. The point is, what is it that by what do you measure everything in life? If the measuring rod is Kirvas Hashem, then even getting that wedding hall for free, or even being paid to have that wedding hall, and then taking on something that's going to be a full-time project, even even at night you can't fall asleep because you're worried about which one of your workers is stealing and so on, 
and, and how you have this guy doing that and how the water bill came like this and how this pipe broke and how this ceiling's coming in and how you have to put a new rug we have to, from the perspective of Kirvas Hashem it's a losing proposition how are you going to make fortunes of money? it's a losing proposition because what you're investing is your time your heart your soul and then you get old and you die that's all with the money he said, and you can't take it with you. So, that's the question. If you look at it from that perspective, this, this decision that I'm making, how much Kirvas Hashem, I'm, I'm making this decision from the perspective of Kirvas Hashem. Where do I send my kid to school? Kirvas Hashem. Where do I live? Where do I daven? Who are my friends? Kirvas Hashem. How do I dress? How do I talk? Kirvas Hashem. How do I spend the time of my day? Kirvas Hashem. If that's the focal point of a person's life, which we've been told by the Torah, that's that's what our focal point must be. We don't feel that. But it, when a person does feel that, and if he works on himself, as is the program that we've been learning about the past couple of years, that Kirvas Hashem is the true focal point of a Jew's life, is the reason that we were created. So then, Tisayim, he says, Mishtanim Knehadvaram Lechalutin. Then suddenly, when if you if, if Kirvas Hashem is the is the center of your life, then everything here changes dramatically. That which to the simple eyes of a person, is a terrific deal getting the wedding hall it's a terrific deal in the eyes of one who is seeking God it's unbearable torture it's unbearable torture so let's say let's use a more American example so let's say somebody came to one of us and 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 we had the opportunity to live in a far away a far away place where there really wasn't much Jewish life or there really weren't Shiur maybe there was maybe there was a, a minion but there really wasn't Jewish life but it would mean having a it would mean having a huge beautiful place to live. For those of us here who don't have anything like that yet, it would be it would be a magnificent way to live, and it would be very 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 um, uh, elaborate and we could, anything that we would want we could have in that place. The only thing that we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have really a Jewish life. That doesn't mean we can't keep mitzvahs, but we keep mitzvahs in that place, in that house. There's not one person here that would agree to that. Again, I'm not talking about taking it and then selling it and buying something else in the five towns or in Muncie or in, you know, or in Brooklyn or whatever. I'm talking about maybe that's where you have to live. There's no choice of selling it. We're not talking about uh, you know, uh, making a profit. We're talking about a place to live. Now, anybody in the world, any, any secular person in the world would look at any of us and say, what are you, out of your minds? What are you living right now? So have a, I'm struggling with, a, uh, with this apartment or this house. It's a struggle. We're giving you a palace in Albuquerque. Again, I don't know what's now. Maybe there's a nice Jewish community in there. I'm sure there's Chabad over there. So I'm not saying anything about 
because I once got in trouble because I said something about it. I just used the name of a community that I came into my mind and it happened. It was a mazel. And I got a call from a rabbi. I'm telling you the truth. This happened about 20 years ago. There was a rabbi that was in his community. I got a call from him that he was deeply offended that I used his community, which he's been there like for 15 years trying to raise the level of Yiddishkeit. And I use this as an example of someplace that's a race gift, you know, that's, that's forgotten. So I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know why it came into my head. I, I know you, I'm sure you're doing a lot of stuff out there. It's, but so I'm, so uh, uh, anybody in Albuquerque that for some reason would be hurt, I don't mean anything against Jews in Albuquerque. Uh, certainly I know there must be Chabad over there that are doing beautiful things. But what I'm just saying, a place that's a race I don't know so many places, but you know, even some place further than that, or, or more uh, empty, I, I don't know. But, but a magnificent, beautiful house of property. and You never have to, they tell you, you never have to worry. You don't have to, it's all paid for. You never have to worry. Says, but what do I have over there? Is there, is there, a, is there a, a rav? Is there a, is there a yeshiva? Is there a, something? I'm not even talking about this pizza, kosher pizza. I'm just, you go, nowadays you could fly that in. They, they have, like I was driving someplace, and I shared this with my wife. There was a very clever billboard that was saying, if you're having a fashion emergency, something like that. A store, a, clo- a clothing store that advertised uh, that if you're having a fashion emergency, it's such an interesting music. It wasn't talking about like you're not dressed and you're cold. It means you have a lot of stuff in your closet, but you could still have a fashion emergency of some sort. So we're not talking about a pizza emergency, because nowadays you could, you, could, you could have it flown and you could have some, somebody bring it to your door. There were, there, there, uh, no. There are things that could be done to take care of that kind of an emergency. If you if you have a craving for a kosher pastrami sandwich or something like that, nowadays you could do you could do you could still be fleshings and you get another sandwich. Well, you're still fleshings. In six hours, you can still get you already can get another sandwich. Nowadays, they could email you a sandwich. It's not a problem. The only but, but you're asking, but what do I have over there? Is there a kahavusa? Maybe there's somebody else that it's from. No, it's not from. So what do I have? Any one of us would say, no. I can't live like that. I can't live like that. You're cutting me, you're cutting me off my, my life. My life is to be a Jew. It's I should live like a guy someplace in, in the middle of nowhere. I can't live like that. So, so what do you mean you can't live like that? It's central air conditioning. You have a pool. You have a place for a sukkah. You could sit in a sukkah. You can invite. You could, you, I'm going to give you money. You could, you could bring over family and friends for sukkahs. For taste. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not life. We would look at that as not anything that would even be tempting. We would, we wouldn't be tempted by that because, because Yiddishkeit is the center of our lives. We're, we're Orthodox Jews, and that would force us to make that decision. Even though sometimes we don't think of ourselves as being so God-fearing, but we understand that's not called life. None of us would be happy. It would be fun for a week or two weeks or something, but. But, you know, for vacation, but to live, to live without seeing Jews. I don't know about you, when I, when I go someplace, if I don't see a Jewish face for a few hours, I'm already getting very, very uptight and nervous. If I'm in a traffic jam, and I'm going to have to get to a wedding in, 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 in Williamsburg or something, and, and I, I took the side, and I, got, I went through different neighborhoods, and there was traffic, that feeling when I see the first Yiddish upon them, you know, when you start to get a little closer to the neighborhood, and you see the first Jew, that's Machai. When you go someplace... When you go someplace out of town, where I've gone to to get the Jewish places to talk to the Yidden over, then I have to pass through different places, and you don't see a Yiddish upon a mamish. You don't see a Jewish face. I'm not talking about religious now. A Yiddish upon him. 
You can't live like that. You can't, you can't live that way. So, a person, why? Because Yiddishkeit is at the center of our lives. Now, take that svara, that way of thinking, which all of us share, I'm sure. Take that, and let's upgrade it to first class. Right? You upgrade it to first class. First class is what? Not just that I'm a religious Jew and I need other Jews. I'm, I'm thirsting for the master of the world. Kirvis al the tackles of my life. So then, and then start asking questions about living, where to live, and how to live, and with whom to, who to, who to be friends with, how to spend free time. But Kirvis, Kirvis Hashem, Kirvis Hashem, is at the center of one's life, and ask the questions, all the questions, about life. And how we spend our lives. So for that person, the answer, as far as the wedding hall is concerned, is it's a losing proposition. I have my chavusa. I ha- we have, thank God, what to eat. We have a simple life. I'm a yid. If I take this wedding hall, it's going to be yam and belayla, hakamim of my head. They're making me crazy. They'll take my, they'll take my kishkas out. Nope. The answer is no. It's just not. I mean, no, nobody would do that because they, they, what people do is they take and then they figure out what to do afterwards. But because again, I'm not talking about an investment, just using the muscle, just using it as a muscle. You tell one person, I'm giving you the most successful business for free. That's for him. That's Ganeiden. But for a person whose whose center of life is Kivas Hashem, that's a Gehenim. One person's Gan Eden is another person's Gehenna. We understand that. One person's Gan Eden is another person's Gehenna. One person you say, I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a family. If, if, if a novi would come and say, Don't worry, don't worry, you're gonna have a wife and I and I'm telling you you're gonna have seven, eight, nine kids. That's a Gehenna fam. This is like Mr. Single guy that, that's enjoying his life as a, as a bachelor. And, you, and the Novi comes and says, I see that you're going to be having a, a wonderful wife and, and you're going to be having seven, eight, lebedi kids. It's a Gehenna for him. You tell that to somebody else, it's Mamash Aganeidin. For the person for whom family is the essence, is the center of their li- of life, that's Givaldi. Tell me I have a wife and I have children. The Navi looks in the future for this, you know, 17, 18 year old. He tells somebody else whose whose dream was to, to, to be to be a bachelor about town, and every week with another girlfriend, and uh, having his own uh, uh, having the money to be able to travel from place to place and do what he wants. You tell him, no, no, no. The Navi says, I see that you're going to have, you know, you're going to have eight, nine kids, and you can be tied down to a house and 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 really having a hard time paying the tuition, the mortgage. That's not again. It's again. If another person is going to aid, and the worst thing is when each one looks at the other one, thinking that the other one has Ganeid and the other one has, and I have Gehenim. That's how it is in life. Oftentimes you think that you have Gehenim and the other one has Ganeid. But when a person knows, Be'emes, 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 this is what I want. And this is my Tachlis in life. And every decision is made from that perspective of, of the Tachlis of life. That's what I said at the very beginning. It's not giving up anything to go to a Shri. What's giving up? It's a tachlis of life. It's to spend, it's to spend a few minutes on, 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 a, on a cold, snowy uh, Tuesday night talking about, talking about the Rosh Hashanah. It's a tachlis of life. We're giving up. But okay, so, you know, everybody is doing nice things. We're not talking here about uh, 
the alternative was not to go to a nightclub, you understand? But what's the, what's the mysterious nefesh? So the, our whole way of thinking, ah, it's so hard to be Jewish, it's so hard to be firm. It's so all of that comes because we haven't clarified the tachlis of life. We haven't clarified the tachlis of life. Someone says, you know, for me to get married, but I have to, have to, you know, the things that I have to give up, I have to give up to have a family. That's, to give. What are you giving up? I'm giving up my freedom. That freedom is the tachlis of life. But that's what you're saying is that your freedom is the tachlis of life. Freedom meaning what? Nothing tying you down. You can come and go as you please. A mother's not free. A mother's never free. Even after the children grow up, she's not free because she's worried about them and thinking about them. Then the grandchildren start to come. You're not free. So it's a, that's a Gehenna. It's not. For the person for whom the tachlis, that's the tachlis of life, it's a Gehenna. It's hard. But it's Gehenna. Hamabot Sarah Lios Yashar. Our way of looking at things must be straight, must be clear and straight. Sarah Lahargil Esamachshava. We have to, we have to get our minds used to thinking straight. And that goes back to the beginning, when we started talking about about we started talking about the subject of death. Oh no. But when a person thinks straight, and the tachlis is kivas elokim, and then we hear stories about Sadiqim who said, "Oh, Baruch Hashem, my time has come, and I'm going to be with Rabbi Shalom." That's shocking to us. Like the Chavos Lubavitch said, that if you're lucky, you can finish up with this world and take care of what you have to and leave. What? What kind of way is that to talk? To finish up with the world and leave? You know how many. You know how many sales I might be missing? You know how many, you know, of my favorite soap operas? I'm, I'm, not, I'm never going to see what happened to, to that, you know, in that, in that soap opera. I, I, I'm giving up, but I'm giving up in this world. What are you giving up? Say this. So let me move to the more uh, sublime chavr. My family, my friends. You know, it's, all not from the, it's all not from the perspective of Kiva Sokin. It's not from that perspective. Slowly, slowly to purify the heart. Slowly to purify the heart. The measurement or the standard of everything in life, the way to measure and to decide everything in life. Is this thing bringing me closer to Hashem's Baruch or Hashem further away? Is this going to bring me closer to Hashem's Baruch or is this going to take me further away from Him? Every decision. There isn't anything in life. There isn't any decision in life. And that seems overwhelming to us because it's not the way we were raised. And it's understandable. That's why he says, Lot, Lot, slowly. Every single decision in life. Is this going to bring me closer or further away? And so you'd like to think, well, it's just going to leave me the same. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. 
is either closer or further. There's no such thing. It's the same. So you need to say, what do you mean? What if I just sleep all the time? That's taking you further away from Hashem. Sleeping all the time. Are you sleeping? You're wasting your life. I'm not bothering anybody. You're not over any of virus when you're sleeping. But that's not. Give us a give us You sleep the whole time. How many hours a person sleeps at night? How we spend our time, everything, from the perspective of Kivas Hashem. But right away, what all of us are feeling right now in our stomachs is like, what what are we supposed to be giving up? And again, that's the issue of giving up. For one person, that's a Gehenim, and for the other person, it's a Gehenim. What am I giving up to have children? What are you gaining to have children? It's a simple equation. If the tachas of life is to be by yourself, and to do whatever you want to run around with that, then you are giving up to have children. If the tachlis of life is to have the nachis ruach and to, and to raise other people, to bring more covered shemaim to the world with the children and grandchildren, so then it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Sometimes my wife and I, when, it, when it's particularly hard with mamanis, sometimes, and I, either I'm not in charge of any of them, my wife takes care of all the mamanis, the money things, but but you know, sometimes you say that if we didn't pay for all these yeshivas and for all the different things with the kids of my wife, and I say, you know, we, we, we would be able to like to afford a couple of things. You know, we'd like, uh, not that we could think of really anything much that we don't have, but, you know, we could get an apartment in Yushalayim or something like that. Or maybe not in Yushalayim, but not so far away from Yushalayim. But by the time you finish with the kids and with all the other, and all the things that come with it, so then, you know, there's nothing. There's nothing in hell. There's nothing. It's under nothing, mm-hmm. and and is there a moment of regret? One second of regret. Now, somebody from the outside, a person that's not Jewish, or a person that's not from our world at all, would say, "What a kind of a crazy trade-off! You're out of your minds." I mean, you could have gone. You could have taken trips. You could have gone. You know, you could have gone around the world with that money for the issues. You could have gone. To this place, to that place, we could have gone to see shows. We could go to see, to stay in 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 in, in, in nice places and hotels and fancy things. Oh, nice, you know, whatever. You don't have to pay all the all the tuitions and for the kids and camps and, and and all the other stuff. So you have to do. You could do all those things. So that's a trade-off. Someone goes to the next world thinking that I can't believe I missed I missed that that uh, that time I could have been in Acapulco. I, I ended up giving the money to the to the girls' school. Is that a machshava that a person has? I never met anybody that has such a machshava. I never met a person that has a machshava. Because why? Because we understand it's the tachlis. If it's the tachlis, then I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel bad that I'm giving up. I'm not giving up uh, that vacation or that comfort of living in a certain kind of a place because of my children. That's what I want. And since that's what I want, that's, that's, I'm happy. So, it's finished. Come on, it's not anything to think about. So when a person, if a person has kervis elokim, at the sense, so I'm just giving these examples with children and other things because we can understand this way of thinking. And that you don't look at yourself, I am giving up the vacation to Acapulco. I'm giving up the vacation to the Bahamas because of my kids. You don't think about that. Why? Because the kids, it's not even a competition between the kids and the vacation. It's not a competition. It's silly to even say in the same breath. So we understand that emotion. Because we all understand children. And what it means to have children, to see children and so on. 
So for a person who lives with Kivas Elokim, let's take that same Svara. If you live with if the center of life is Kivas Elokim, what am I giving up by coming out in the snow? Yes. What am I giving up? I'm giving what am I giving up by giving life by giving up life itself for the sake of the Bhanishlam? Even Tadal Kirishashem. But there's a madrega of, of, of great people that that it's not even called Messias Nefesh, or that the Svam HaKadoshim talk about there being a Tanakh, the greatest, deepest pleasure is being killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem. That sounds morbid to us. And there's a Kabbalah from the Tzaddikim, that at the moment of death, anybody who has ever killed Al-Kiddush Hashem, at the moment of death, there's no pain at all, only the deepest pleasure. At the moment of death, there's no pain. Only the deepest pleasure, because at that second of dying, the, already for the one who dies like Kiddush Hashem who's killed like Kiddush Hashem the truth opens up and he sees Kirvasilakim he doesn't feel any pain when he, he's, when he dies right? that's we have a Kabbalah like from the Swan that whoever dies like Kiddush Hashem doesn't feel pain either burning him to death uh, doing whatever Chesh or Nikiva you know at the moment that the Neshama leaves the Yadzah because at, that, because at that moment it's already they get a taste before and, it, and it's opened up for them and they see the truth and the truth is that as a result of what I'm going through I'm, I'm going to be given the most amazing gift of all which is closeness to God because I was killed by Kiddush Hashem so when the Beis Yosef used to say when the Beis Yosef used to moan the fact that he said my whole life I was diving that I should have an opportunity to be killed by Kiddush Hashem and I, I never had the mazel it's hard for us to understand such a thing. His whole life he wanted to die with Hashem and it didn't work out. He died in his bed. And he was disappointed. So the so a person that, that's not in this Indian would say, that's a very horrible way to live. That's a very morbid thought. Your whole life you're waiting to get killed. Hashem, that's what you that's what you Because his because the focal point of the basis of his life was Kivas Hashem wasn't it wasn't how am I going to how am I going to how can I even think of the possibility of not having my friends and family the next day not even that give us a look so the person slowly starts to, to get used to this way of thinking and he doesn't see himself as being a martyr when he pulls himself out of bed to get to shul in the morning he doesn't see himself as a martyr and she doesn't see herself as a martyr to cook a Shabbos or to make a Shabbos or a Yantav or God forbid if it's a Yantav and a Shabbos together. She doesn't see herself as a martyr. Are you all hoping I would eventually, I would let go of these things at some point? I never do. That's not martyrdom. That's being a martyr. A Shabbos, a Yantav, that's being a martyr. What do you mean? How would you like to stand in the kitchen for, for 12 hours straight and then the, then the second you finish everything it's gone? You know, and you didn't even get, they didn't even save you any food. Like you made everything, they didn't even save you anything. So you're a whole, mo- you're a modern. You look at your life as being a hard life, and you gave up all the free time that you could have had because you were cooking fiante. And how much pain comes because of that mistaken way of looking at life? How much agnus nefesh comes in that? How much agnus nefesh comes in that? Worrying about the yante, worrying about. Even worrying about simcha, person, they have people that are making a simcha, and they sit around worrying about the simcha. So it's a simcha. You worry the whole time about making the simcha. If you think about it, 
I'm worried about the simcha. What do you? So you know what? Then don't make the simcha. Tell you, tell your daughter that you know what? This simcha is causing a lot of aggravation. Forget it. I'm not. Drop the boy. Let's drop the whole thing. It's too much aggravation. I got to figure out what people sit at the tables. So I have to stay up at night. Okay. What kind of life is this? I'm up three nights in a row figuring out what people are sitting at the table because I don't want cousin Yenta and cousin Schwinzer to 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 have a fight. And so I have to figure out what to do. I'm sitting up the whole night making cards. I sugar. It was better off when you were single. Tell the daughter it was better off when you were single. I didn't have to stay up three nights in a row making up cards, and I didn't have to go to forty-five seamstresses and. And I didn't have to, and I didn't have to worry because I gained 30 ounces. Now I'm not going to have to get into that dress, and I didn't have to worry about any of this stuff. It was, you know what? It was better off when you were when when you were when you were single. What's that? What do you? What, you know, you messed me up because you're davening so hard for shidduch, and God listened to you. Now I have a problem because I have, we have to make a simcha now. That's crazy. It's crazy. Is it so different? And now we have to make a yantif. Now we have to make a shamas. Mesius nefesh. You might say nefesh to make a simcha. That's mesius nefesh. What about the, what about all the girls that that don't have shaduchim? And you and you're crafting your mesius nefesh. Kavalt, kavalt, kavalt. I have to be. It's hard for me to find a dress. No. Mesius nefesh. It's awful. The person doesn't look at things the right way. What's the center? What's the what's the center? Forget about this talk about what, what's your hashkafa. What's the center of your life? When a person looks at that, he says, the question, Ha'im dove zemakar v'yisrakashbaruch v'chashasham l'hepech. Is this going to be makar of mitra kadashbaruch or the opposite? How I react to a situation. Is that going to be me closer or take me further away? Everything. Money, of course, is also part of this dis- of this discussion. Certainly, money. All of this aside with the wedding hall, money can certainly be used in a very positive and good way. And there are some amazing people out there that are, that are doing fantastic things with, with, the, with the blessings that Hashem has given them. Fantastic things. Money is something that can bring a person closer to Dakarashbara. A person who has money can do so many things. Can can bring so many people happiness and it's unbelievable. Like anything else in there. Money can be a way of getting further from Hashem. It can be a way of getting closer to Hashem. It can be a way of getting further. There are those people whose money brings them closer to Hashem as well. And those people because money takes them further away from Hashem. It's okay. It's no different. Money is, has no independent meaning. It's the same as any of the kalim, any of the things of this world. Everything in the world is a kli. It's a vessel. It's an instrument. It either brings you closer or further away. Time. Time. Is something time was created. How do you use your time it, it, in a way that either brings you closer or takes you further away? Everything in life. You have a telephone. How do you use your telephone? It used to be that not everybody had a telephone. Not everybody has a telephone. There's more than one. We have cell phones. How do you use that 
Kli. How do you use that instrument? Do you use that? Do you use your telephone to bring you closer? You certainly can. You can like all kinds of phones to help people talk and arrange the, all kinds of good things. Or do you use? Or is the main use of your telephone taking you further away from Hashem's Baruch, wasting hours in Irish kite and chattering? God forbid, the Russian horror things. So how do you with this? Like everything else in the world, it's a cleat. It's a cleat. How do you use the cleat? It's up to you. Everything in life, it's up to you. How do you use that? Either children are also Caleb. Husband and wife is all Caleb. Everything's Caleb. Everything's Caleb. If the person learned a little bit about that, so they know. Everything's Caleb. It's all Caleb. Caleb and Caleb shine. What do you use? Do you use this? The question is, do you, do you use this cleat for Kivas Hashem? To get closer to Kadosh Baruch to the Tachlis of life, or do you use this kli to get further from the Tachlis of life? And if you think that you're going to answer, I use this kli to stay on a steady course, you're fooling yourself. There's no such thing. In other words, your use of the telephone is neutral. What does that mean? What does it mean that the use of the telephone is neutral? There's no such thing. See the kirvas Hashem. If you're saying words of chizik to a friend that needs it, even if it's for two hours, if the person needs it, good. If you stand narishkeit, then you're using the phone. See the kivas Hashem, or it's the other way. It's nothing in between. If you're using the phone to call a to call a parent, to call a grandparent, kivas Hashem. If you're using the telephone to 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 whatever other, to, even if it's not. God forbid it's not Lashon HaRachilis Can we stop? Stop Talking, talking, talking The person makes a question with how much time on the phone Crazy And I was in Yushalayim last week I'm telling you the truth I was on a I was on a, a, a street A side street in Gula And I just looked around There were around 12, 13 men on the street There was only one that was not on the cell phone When I was walking on the street it was all on the cell phone. The whole picture is a, the whole picture is a kilkel in the picture of Yushalayim. In the beautiful picture of Yushalayim, it's a kilkel. Now, I'm not saying that they were, God forbid, this one was saying, I have to come home or get there. I'm not saying they were talking about things that weren't important. Maybe it was all Kivas Kim. But the picture of it is a kilkel in Yushalayim. And the person has to ask himself, how much time do I spend on the, week, on the, on the phone? It's it's an interesting thing to have the like in in, in the family. Now I've got this uh, Verizon where the kids have also you know a plan like a family thing a plan. I'm not I'm not on that. I'm not part of that. I wasn't included in it. Uh, but the kids are all they all have this because uh, I easily you know I have an aversion to telephones in general as you can tell tell by now. But the kids all have these these little cell phones, and the whole family has a certain amount of minutes a month. And they're constantly going over, you know. The, and then there's a whole, then there's a whole thing about who was over. But it's not how you could figure it out. The, um, there's a way to, to, there's a way you could see each person. It says each phone, how much, what the number is. So I'm gonna say, Baruch Shalom. What is that? You know. Now even talking about after nine o'clock, uh, at ten o'clock, I don't know what time you're allowed ready for free or Sundays, and after nine o'clock it doesn't. Come. As a friend of mine told me, 
that he got his kid, his kid sent in a month. I don't remember that. He said there were thousands of text messages. Thousands. He's an 18 year old boy. Thousands of text messages. I don't even know what that is. How do you, how do you even do that? The Mitzvahs, how do you do that? How do you even do that? I don't know. I don't know how. I never sent one, and I, I know I got one, but I didn't know how to get it out. <laughs> but how do you how do you do that? He told me thousands of text messages. So then the Shiloh should should he have an unlimited text mess messaging, or should he put his kid into an asylum? The kid belongs in an asylum. No, see, he tiny. All my friends are like this. So when the kids say that, you know, yeah, my friends, maybe it's not so unusual. Thousands of, I don't know if that's by the minutes that they charge or by the words, I don't know how that works, but it, it, it's not even the money. Even though this person can't afford but thousands of, of text messages sending back and forth. Narishkeit. Narishkeit. Like, to who? To what? To, he found a girlfriend. Doesn't even have a girlfriend. To what? Narishkeit. The person has to ask himself, what's the cheshman of my life? So I said to my wife, and it's not a bad thing because these phones, you can't, you can't argue with it. It says you had fourteen hundred minutes or something like that. You had that. So the kid says, I never, I, I don't, I didn't happen. I didn't. So I said, the, the phone says on it, that's the minutes that you spent on your phone. That's besides. Sunday and the night, just in the in the in the zmanim that they charge for, you spent whatever it is, eight hundred minutes. I don't know. It's not possible, Daddy. I'm telling you, I didn't, Daddy. I'm telling you that it says on the machine, eight hundred something minutes. You're a little kid. What are you doing? Eight hundred minutes. What are you What are you talking? You never spoke to me eight hundred minutes in your whole life. What's eight hundred minutes on the telephone? It's not fair. It's not fair, Daddy. They count. They charge you for. I said, no, is that? That's what you, you spoke. It didn't seem like it, Daddy. It didn't seem like it. So you just have to. You could press a button here, and it tells you where you're holding. It tells you where you're holding. It's a kosher of the thing. The worst thing is when there's unlimited. But when a person has a number, you realize how many minutes you're talking. What? What do you have left from those minutes? And that's only on the cell phone. I'm not talking about a regular phone. Do you also have a regular phone? But on the cell phone, how many of that minutes, how many was spent care of How much of it was spent taichen, emesit taichen, emesit taichen. That as I know, I know that, uh, and I'm sorry to harp on this, but I know that as I'm getting older, I'm becoming, I feel more of an urgency with this. And for the first time in my life, the last, last year or two, I, I'm actually being... I'm a chutzif enough to ask a person. I try in a nice way. Could you please get? Could you please get to the point? Phone call. Could you please get to the point? And somebody. I was just on the today. I was on the phone without Guzman. I'm talking about the phone. I was on the Guzman. I was on the phone today for around eight hours. Not because I wanted to be, but I had to be. And 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 I and 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 I'm asking. I ask people. Can you please get to the point? I'll try to get to the point. You try to get to the point. We'll try to do this first. The same Indian. The same Indian. Instead of 25 minutes, can we do it in 5 minutes? The same Indian. To think. 
about the words. Let's try, both of us. We'll try to, to think about the words. Imagine it's a cell phone you're paying. It's interesting because when, when you have somebody that's money conscious and they normally, if they be on a regular phone, they blabber, but if you get them on the cell phone and they're money conscious, they say, I, 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 I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. No, i got to go. I, I'll, call, I'll call you later from my house. From the other. It's an amazing thing. If, you be, if it would be unlimited, they, you, you'd walk into the house with a thing still on here and you go to sleep and you still... <laughs> like I told you, I once had a roommate in the yeshiva. That, uh, it wasn't a friend of mine because there was a problem that year with the whole whatever the whole problem in the yeshiva, and they put us with different guys. And as with this guy, there were a lot of funny stories. But the but the, the one of the strangest things that ever happened is so he he was on top and there was a bunk bed and I was underneath the yeshiva. And this guy always went to sleep in his clothing, always went to sleep with a necktie also, always <laughs> shoes everything. I, that was a side thing, but the the ikker, the ikker is that he was it was like two o'clock in the morning, you know, got back from Bismedrish and some friends and everything. It was a late. It's two o'clock in the morning. So the last thing I heard he was saying, yeah, my she had a lot of service. He was talking about his mother's this and his dad and all kinds of service. Talking here, he's on, and I'm underneath. He said, yeah, my like this, like that, my I fell asleep on him. It's the truth. He was talking. I I felt, I woke up. It was around a quarter to five, five o'clock, and he sang so much. He never even knew that I was sleeping. I slept through the whole thing. He was just like summarizing when I woke up. <laughs> he was putting it all together. And I woke up, and he said, yeah, so much, uh, I guess, just, you know, that's that's the way it is. And I said, yeah, that's the way it is, whatever, Moshe. And that was it. I didn't hear anything. It was hours. And he didn't even know that I was, he didn't even know that I was sleeping. I mean, I feel bad. I didn't mean to. I was trying to listen. I couldn't take it. But when I woke up, was there, I woke up. Was, he wasn't. He was just coming then to the end. Person makes a It's also that's what I'm saying. It's already late. That machshav of the phone is a kli. Everything. Kivaselakin, or God forbid, further away. Our our eyes, our ears, our mouths. What am I using my kalim for? Kivaselakin. What I'm looking at now is that now kivaselakin. Quite a bit opposite. Listening, kids, looking at. That's a different perspective of life. Then you're not giving up. You're not making a sacrifice. That's what I'm here for. That's my tachlis. That's what I want. That's what I want. So that I'm not giving up my phone calls. Oh, I can't believe it. Now he's telling us a new thing, as if being on the phone is some kind of a diabolical, sinister thing. Right? It's terrible. Terrible. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you're giving up. What do you? You have to make a cheshman of what is it that you're giving up, or what are you gaining, and that's what it means to deliver this way of thinking. Okay, let us show you.